welcome to The Stoic Lawyer. My name is Kristen. And I'm Brian. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Brian and Kristen are here. Hey, everybody. Uh, Today, uh, looks like Kristen's been reading a book um, that we're going to talk a little bit about. But first, news um, book club coming up. Upcoming events, yes. Uh, So as we've talked about in our last couple episodes, we are going to do our first book club on January 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right, Eastern time. The book is The Stoic Challenge by William B. Irvine. Um, we have a link to it on our website. You can order it on Amazon. Any local bookstore should have it. Um, it's a good read. Not not too lengthy if you haven't started yet. Um, oh, you got plenty of time. You can pick it up even if, if you wanted to make a Friday night of it. You could probably pick it up on the 20th yep. um, and, and still be ready to go by 2 p.m. on the 21st. So that's going to be our first book for the book club. Um, the first book club is open to all of our listeners. No subscription needed. We want to um, see how it goes and get everybody's feedback. And we'll post a Zoom link um, on the website and we through yeah. uh, Spotify? Uh, through probably Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. There you go. Bra- okay. Again, Brian doesn't handle the tech <clears throat> side of this operation. I'm not even sure what Instagram is yet, but, I'll, but I'll, I'm learning. <laughs> but he will be on the Zoom. He's going to learn how to use Zoom just for the occasion. Yes. Um, so the Stoic Challenge is the book. January 21, 2 o'clock is the day and time. It will be on Zoom. We'll post the link. Um, After the first book club, we're going to offer a subscription service uh, for future book clubs. We are not going to always read um, just uh, exclusively Stoic literature. We're going to read different things and would love suggestions from you all about what you would like to read. or Email us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I know you're about to ask me, what's the email address? What's the email? (laughs) It's host, no S, at thestoiclawyer.com. Okay. So email us suggestions, DM us suggestions, um, whatever your uh, preferred method of communication may be. And today, like Brian said, we are going to jump into a book I've been reading that we've also linked on the website. We haven't talked about it yet. Mm. Um, we tried to, to find some biographies uh, recently on Seneca because we wanted to... And there's not a lot out there, right? Well, there's not. That's what we discovered. There, there's really not a lot out there. There's really only one that I would say is a true attempt at a biography. Um, we wanted some more historical texts because, you know, it's one thing to read his his writings, which we've done a lot of, but it's another thing to read it in a historical context um, and kind of from a, a different lens other than just the, the raw material. So what, but this is what we found. We found The Greatest Empire, A Life of Seneca by Emily Wilson. Okay. Um, so that is also linked on the website, and I started reading it just this week. How far into it are you? I am about 40 pages out of 200 okay. into it. So far, so good? So far, so great, actually. Um, I'm really enjoying it. And what we're going to talk about today is just kind of the first topic that struck me. Um, it's not all in the first 40 pages. I, I went back to the index of the book and found some other references to it uh, throughout the text. So we've kind of just culled um, a bunch of different little commentaries. Um, but you were telling me about the title. Yes. So the title is The Greatest Empire. So let's start there. Um, so what Emily Wilson talks about is the way, about the way she selected the title is kind of this dual empire idea um, from Seneca. And that meaning one empire is 
uh, perhaps very literally the Roman Empire, right? He was a divisor under Nero, mm-hmm. um, or if not specifically Nero's empire, certainly just the political and social empire of the day. A literal empire. A literal empire. The, <clears throat> okay. the external... Um, <clears throat> Um, the political society construction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's one empire that that Seneca would, you know, would speak on the mastery of, right? And he was a lifelong, um, I guess, politician, for lack of a better word, in addition to being a philosopher. And so the other empire, though, the the second empire is the empire within yourself. Yeah. And for Emily Wilson's title, that is the greatest empire. And what she says about that. And this is on page seven of the book uh, in the section on a road to greatness. She says, Seneca insists that those who attempt to conquer the world and attain political, military, and economic power are far inferior to those who manage to achieve the empire of control over themselves. Seneca's intellectual activities as a writer and a philosopher allowed him to grasp toward an alternative to the life of politics and ambition, creating his own distinct model of what, quote, real power should look like an empire inside his own head. All right. So that's what she means in her title, the greatest empire. So the inner struggle, the inner, which is what, what, what a lot of the stoicism is about, um, controlling emotions or at least not being overcome by them. Um, that's right. Yeah. So the first, um, in the first 40 pages of this book, one of the things that stood out to me um, that I just hadn't read about before um, was the idea that Seneca was thought of as somewhat of a hypocrite Mm. because while he taught and wrote and spoke about the Stoic ideals and about, um, you know, not having desires for material things, not being, um, not having desires over things you couldn't control, he was quite a wealthy man and enjoyed quite a lot of the finer things in life and had political aspirations, um, and, and a lot of those things we would think of as inconsistent, right, with right, yeah. stoic ideals? <clears throat> right, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, there's no <laughs> vow of poverty among stoics, certainly, but I guess it's, it's things you should value certain things over others, and certainly money and, and worldly possessions is not one of the higher things to value, right? Um, it's, it's a preferred thing should you happen upon it, but uh, certainly not a requirement. So okay, the, so the scoop skinny on him, and I've heard this criticism before that um, he may not have been practicing what he was preaching. Right, and so I think for our purposes, that leads us to just kind of this idea that you know, despite what we, I guess, preach, so mm-hmm. to speak, <laughs> right? Practice what you preach, yeah. despite what we um, try to emulate mm-hmm. from his writings and his teachings and. Um, send out into the world. N- none of us are perfect, right? I mean, even going back to Seneca, he didn't always um, live exactly what his highest ideals of life would be. And now, do we know, and I don't think we do, but maybe you know more than I, um, do we know if he did so apologetically or unapologetically? I mean, I, I think from what I've read, it seems he was unapologetically himself. I think it's a little unapologetically, but okay. I, I don't think it diminishes his thoughts on the ideal scenario, right? Or, yep. or the ideal way to conquer your own empire of your mind. I think he just, um, and, and as I get further into the book, I'm sure we'll do some follow-up on this, but I don't think it was necessarily an apologetic okay. um, approach to life. So the question then, you know, is, right, you're, what you're saying is, is the advice any less valuable if it comes from someone who isn't following it? 
And I don't think it is. I think um, we all struggle, right, with um, living up to our own highest form of, or our own ideals, right, of the yeah. the highest way uh, to live our lives and um, highest standards to hold our actions to, right? We all do. But I don't think it makes our aspirations any less valid. I don't think it makes his aspirations or what he believed to be the best any less valid. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could maybe even take it a step further and say, Let's assume, for purposes of argument, that he knew he was a fraud. Sure. Like set out to be, set out to even profit from it. I guess mm-hmm. that doesn't mean the, the the advice isn't still valuable. Um, it it has clear, clearly worked for more than just a few people um, for a couple thousand years throughout. It, right? Yeah, sort of ageless wisdom we've talked about, and um, you know, maybe he was a charlatan. Maybe he was just a flawed individual. Uh, you know, I, I don't, right, and I, I would tend to agree with you, it doesn't really matter. I, I guess, you know, I would t- take the, the advice as more valuable coming from someone who struggled with some of these things than someone who found them to come easily and naturally. So when it always had everything in perspective, for him the dichotomy of control was just the way you handled every situation automatically. That's easy to give advice, it's easy for that person to give advice. Right, from that perspective? Well, and if it's that easy for you, I don't know that you even see it as advice. Like, why would yeah. you even be talking about it or, or trying to yeah. educate people about it if it's just the way you were? So I'm okay with the, the coming from a flawed source yeah. as well. And I think kind of maybe the last thing on this point, the other way that Emily Wilson talks about it is um, she says, you know, do writers um, have to, do good writers have to be nice people? <laughs> right, because, and I think that's another way of looking at it. And, um, in her book, she says, ask not why Seneca failed to practice what he preached, but why he preached what he did so adamantly and effectively, even given the life that he was leading. Right. Well, I guess, you know, a modern analogy, maybe a football coach, you know, sure. they weren't all great players. Some were. Listen, uh, those all, who can't do teach. So um, uh, Nick Boletari, the famous uh, tennis coach, he, he passed away not, not long ago, I believe, um, uh, famous for coaching some of the the greats, Andre Agassi, I think, um, among them. and I'm glad we have you for our football <clears throat> fans or sports fans because <clears throat> I have no idea what you're talking about. I, well, I, I, I could be making some of this up, but you won't know. I won't know. So um, anyway, he was not a particularly accomplished tennis player as an individual, but he was a phenomenal coach. And so I don't think – I think his, his coaching was uh, thought of as, you know, he was one of the, one of the best uh, – from a results perspective, and so I guess you could look at it the same way. Um, I'm sure there's a, uh, uh, a uh, what's that show you watched? Uh, West Wing analogy somewhere in there. Hmm. We don't have to talk about it today, but there's probably You one. just don't want me to talk about it today. Um, if you give me more than 15 seconds, I'm sure I could think of one, but you know what? We'll save that for next time. Okay. Um, I am almost certain there is, because there's a West Wing analogy for almost everything, Brian. So, <laughs> probably. So, but anyway, so <laughs> Seneca... Um, <laughs> Personal life is interesting, and there's more to it. And we, you know, this isn't a purely history podcast, as we said. But that's that's interesting it's to know. Um, you know, I think we have um, we've talked some about Epictetus, who was you know grew up a slave. We've got Marcus Aurelius, obviously, who was um, well Roman emperor. So that's the emperor himself, <laughs> and, then, as and then, an advisor. Yeah, and then and then yeah, Seneca, an advisor, a politician, a uh, uh, kind of a money man, kind of a banker, lender. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think that's, those are interesting tidbits, and, and interesting that people from such varied backgrounds and, and lifestyles um, still embrace and, and espouse the same 
moral philosophy. Yeah. Uh, well, I will continue uh, reading The Greatest Empire, and I'm sure um, before it's over, we will have some other um, episodes about its content. But for now, yep. if you're reading about Stoicism, please read The Stoic Challenge uh, by William Irvine and um, join us for our book club on January 21 at 2 o'clock on Zoom. We also have made some uh, great updates to the merchandise store on the website this week. Um, our merchandise coordinator has been working diligently. At the stoiclawyer.com. That's right. Look at you. You remember the website. Yep, I remember the website. Um, there are some fun new products on there, some that only our listeners will truly understand. There's a, uh, a sticker about the, the hole in Brian's house. Which, if you haven't listened to the the podcast, will make no sense. And if I see you with that sticker in public somewhere, I will give you a oh one of those travel mugs. Oh yeah, yeah, you get a free travel mug if you encounter <clears throat> Brian I, in real life. If you if you yeah, um, show me your sticker and I will give you a travel mug. Yeah. On uh, the spot, I will carry one around nonstop in your pocket, just in case. Just in case. Okay. Um, so head on over, check out the uh, the new T shirts. We have some new T shirt designs. Um, one of them is uh, I'm bringing Stoic back, which we thought was uh, a little clever, right? So that was kind of fun. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, we have t-shirts, stickers, all kinds of new stuff on the website. So check that out. Cool. Join us for the book club, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody.